welcome to This Week in Brattleboro History, produced by the Brattleboro Historical Society and the Brattleboro Area Middle School. This week, we tell the story of an early local Brattleboro resident who was described by the United States Congress as a perfidious man. In 1730, Samuel Wells was born in Deerfield, Massachusetts. That's about 25 miles south of here. He was a tavern keeper in Deerfield and also served in the Massachusetts militia during the French and Indian War. Like many war veterans, as the conflict was winding down, Wells decided to move into the northern frontier territory that had recently been part of the war between the Abenaki, French, and British. In 1762, British colonists began to build homes and successfully claim land north of Fort Dummer. Both British colonies, New York and New Hampshire, claimed the area. The Abenaki had been fighting to remain on the land for at least a hundred years, but with the end of the war, their French allies withdrew from the region and the Abenaki found it more challenging to maintain their way of life in the region. Wells moved his family onto an 800-acre land parcel that is located west of the present Brattleboro Retreat Complex. Initially, he built a little log cabin to raise his family. He and his wife eventually had 13 children, two who died in infancy. In 1773, he built a larger house on what is now Upper Dummerston Road, a bit north of Cold Springs. At the time, the road ended at his house. Wells operated a farm and owned the first lumber mill on the Whetstone Brook. In 1762, when Wells moved his family here, property claims were a jumbled mess. New York and New Hampshire land claims were in conflict with one another, so in 1764, the King of Great Britain ruled that the disputed land would be a recognized part of the New York colony. Many colonists had brought claims from New Hampshire and worried that they no longer had legal title to Brattleboro land. In 1765, Samuel Wells led a group of men on a journey to Albany, New York in order to establish clear land titles. 21 men who had claimed ownership with New Hampshire titles were in pursuit of fresh New York titles for their land. Wells offered a few well-placed New York officials free land in exchange for newly minted land claims for his friends. Wells was successful, new land grants were established, and he became the largest landover in Brattleboro. Within a year, Samuel Wells was appointed to New York government positions. He served as a judge and justice of the peace in Brattleboro, a part of New York's Cumberland County. He also appointed local government officials and served as a representative in New York's Legislative Assembly. As the years went on, most of the powerful landowners in Brattleboro and Guilford sided with New York's claims to this land, while towns on the west side of the Green Mountains argued to retain New Hampshire grant status. In 1774, Wells helped the New York Assembly draft the Bloody Axe. This legislation offered a reward to anyone who would kill or capture leaders of the Green Mountain Boys. The Green Mountain Boys were a local southwestern militia who were opposed to New York rule. When the Revolutionary War broke out, Wells remained loyal to Great Britain. In 1775, he was accused of attempting to smuggle weapons into Cumberland County in order to supply loyalists on both sides of the Connecticut River. During parts of 1776 and 1777, he was confined to his farm by the local Committee of Safety, and according to Mary Cabot's Brattleboro history, for a long time, permission was granted to shoot him, should he be found beyond the bounds of his acres. After the 1777 Battle of Saratoga, much of the Revolutionary War fighting took place south of here. Restrictions placed upon Wells were loosened and he became an active spy for Great Britain. British spies transported information about the war effort from New York City to Canada. Samuel Wells was a part of this spy network.
1779, Hinsdale, New Hampshire's David Gray was a soldier in the Massachusetts Army. He was familiar with British loyalists who lived in the area, and this information was passed on to George Washington. Gray was asked to become a double spy by pretending to work for the British spy network. He pretended to be a deserter from the American Army and was hired by a loyalist in New York City to carry messages back and forth from the loyalist organization in New York City to the Canadian British. Gray would carry the British intelligence messages but would share them with George Washington's staff. This allowed Washington to know what the British planning in the northern colonies. Brattleboro was on Gray's route between New York City and Canada. In the book George Washington's Secret Spy War, published in 2016, it says that Gray was one of two couriers employed by the British loyalists to travel to Samuel Wells in Brattleboro, Vermont. Samuel Wells is characterized as a resident British spy feeding information both to Canada and New York. For almost three years, Gray visited with Wells and pretended to be a spy for the British. As a result, the United States knew Wells was a part of the British spy network. In 1782, an arrest warrant was issued for Samuel Wells. A spy working for the British loyalists had been captured in Rhode Island and, after questioning, confessed to helping Samuel Wells and other loyalists in New England. The United States Congress issued the arrest warrant. Christopher Osgood was a Brattleboro carpenter and was caught delivering British intelligence to loyalists in Providence, Rhode Island. Osgood gave testimony that he was carrying information from Samuel Wells and the other loyalists who were conspiring to help finance and feed the loyalist troops in New England and New York. Upon further questioning, Osgood also shared that he was carrying information from the British governor of Quebec that was to be delivered to New York City loyalists. Those letters had first arrived in Brattleboro from Canadian couriers. Osgood testified that Samuel Wells was one of the loyalists in Brattleboro who paid him and supported his efforts. When soldiers arrived in Brattleboro to arrest Wells, he was no longer in town. It seems a congressman from Old Island sent word to Wells that he should leave quickly in order to avoid captivity. Wells traveled to New York and stayed with other loyalists until the war ended. In March 1783, Alexander Hamilton wrote to George Washington about Samuel Wells and explained how he had avoided arrest. Hamilton called this a very confidential subject and told Washington that he had another plan for taking Wells into custody. When Congress issued the arrest warrant for Samuel Wells, he was called a perfidious man. Perfidious means deceitful and untrustworthy. Despite Hamilton's assurances to Washington, Samuel Wells was not captured. After the war, he returned to Brattleboro, but his life had forever changed. In 1766, Wells was the richest man in town. By 1786, the year he died, he was insolvent and owed his creditors almost $100,000 in today's currency. By the beginning of the 1800s, all of his offspring had moved to Canada because the British offered his descendants free land for their father's loyalty during the revolution. We'd like to thank Lee Haw for the information we found in a Historical Society newsletter and Ian, Lucas, Ronnie, Donovan, Greg, and Anna Lucia for reading This Week in Brattleboro History. Please join us next week for another story from our community's past.